podcast. The Get Up and Get Going South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. All right, welcome back in our number two of the program here on Friday morning. And joining us now in studio, we have Buddy Andrade. Good morning, Buddy. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for letting me come in again. And we have joining us on the line, we have for EPA Regional Administrator, Dr. David Cash. Good morning, Doctor. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. You can just go by uh, Dave. It's fine. Well, you have more energy than I do. Do you sure you are happy with your job? I know we're going to talk about jobs. Would you like a radio gig? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am very happy with my job right now. There's so much going on at the United States EPA, working with communities and community leaders like Buddy uh, to clean up neighborhoods and, uh, and get green jobs out there. And with with these jobs that are going to be, we're going to be talking about this. We're talking about jobs that people in New Bedford and the people within That's the right. sound of our voice will be able to get. So exactly right. let me see if I can get you, buddy, uh, to be able to hear the phone call. Sometimes anything coming in yet? Yeah, there. Right. You can just uh, if you adjust, see where your cord is. Yeah, you can adjust your volume there. Ah, oh, beautiful. There you go. Beautiful, All right. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Good morning, buddy. Can you good, hear me? Good morning, Doctor Cash. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing this? Well, morning? this is really magic, you know. And I want to thank WBSM for having us. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, the you know this, this is the the voice of the people, so to speak. And so I'm glad Absolutely. we're on it, and I'm glad they invited us back. So you're going to be offering, the, the EPA is going to be offering free job training under the agency's mm -hmm. Superfund Job Training Initiative for people right. in New Bedford and the surrounding areas. Dave, tell us a little bit about that and what, what kind of jobs we're talking about. Sure. So this is the first time that EPA is offering this unique job training program in New England. And uh, we're doing it right here in New Bedford, where uh, community members have historically been overburdened by environmental pollution, and it's not just the Superfund site, but we know that air pollution and asthma and a whole rainwater water pollution are all bigger problems in New Bedford than in other places. And um, so we brought this job training program here to New Bedford in direct response to requests from passionate community members like Buddy, um, who want more opportunity for their communities. You know, there's two sides to the environmental um, story one is cleaning up things so people can turn on their tap and not worry what's coming out of the tap and that kids can play in the playground and not worry that there's uh, contaminants in the soil. But the other part is taking advantage of the opportunities of the green energy future, of jobs that help clean up their communities, of jobs that are part of the new offshore wind energy sector. So this is huge opportunities for neighbors and family members and friends to train for environmental work. And Basically, how it's set up is that we collaborate, EPA collaborates with a contractor and a local partner, and in this case, it's the Old Bedford Village De Development Corp. That's what Buddy brings to the table. He brings his vast network, his connection with community, his understanding of what the community needs. Um, and the goal is to train, uh, train folks so that there will be uh, not just one-off jobs as part of one cleanup, but skills that they can bring to the market as we see cleanups continuing and we see new businesses coming. So for example, there are a bunch of skills that are so critical in any workplace, which are leadership, conflict resolution, 
dealing, working with environmental justice, how to interview, what kind of interpersonal skills you need to bring to the table, problem solving, money management. But then there are also these kind of hard skills, the kind of hazardous waste operations and emergency response um, certificates that they can earn, the 10-hour occupational safety and health administration construction outreach, CPR, first aid, job readiness, asbestos abatement, flagging, OSHA construction safety. I mean, there's just a whole list of things that will be made available that will, um, you know, result in our investment in the community, but then, you know, opportunities for, for the people who go through these programs to take these skills to a very vibrant marketplace right now. And, and Buddy's someone who always has looked at things that way. Where other people might look at something and see, you know, problems, he looks at them and sees opportunities. And, and Buddy, for you, it's it's never about, as, as, as Dave just mentioned, it's never about just getting somebody a job. You're trying to give people a career. You have to start somewhere, and this program gives you a good foundation for that career. And the good thing that uh, Dr. Cass talked about, the, the crossover, we call crossover training, if you get all those certificates that the doctor just mentioned, you are now having a great foundation of education, training, and, and understanding of where the opportunities are so you can tell what, what track you want to be in for your career. Now, when I say crossover, is that this is all foundational stuff. All these certificates are free. Uh, you know, you'll get you'll get a nice piece of a card in your wallet. But what happens now? You can probably translate those those skills and those certificates to the highway construction. Mm-hmm. The Haven Bridge is going to be replaced. All the all the other road work that's going on, housing construction, deletting asbestos, and even asbestos and, and deletting in some of the factory buildings here. So that's a lot of work. And then you now renewable energy. These same skills are, are necessary for uh, having some basic knowledge of the solar and uh, offshore wind and hydrogen and all those other areas of green, the, the green economy. So this is a foundation. And, and we have a, a company called Seco that's in New Bedford that we're working, having these uh, uh, information sessions. We have two more today, uh, one at 10 o'clock and one at 1 p.m. If you haven't signed up or made a phone call to sign up, uh, we will take you if you walk in the door at the third floor of the downtown library here, here in New Bedford. And this is for folk in Fairhaven and the Cushnet as well as New Bedford. The, the, the New Bedford Harbor has been a super fun site since 1988. Mm-hmm. And and so all of these decades uh, were near the end of cleanup, and we're beginning the aspect of revitalization of the waterfront. So we want to be part of the cleanup. We want to be part of the revitalization, the future of the harbor, the future of the city of New Bedford. But back to those careers. It's about the careers. How are we going to take care of our families and stuff if we don't have a job that's long term? Mm-hmm. Jobs that are short term, you know, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but we want people to have careers and, and to make the funding, the money that they're going to earn to take care of their families, be good citizens in their community and help develop the economics for the city of New Bedford. And, and Dave, you mentioned that this is the yeah. first time this has been done in New England, but this is, yeah. has the EPA done this in other areas before and seen success with this program? Yeah, it has. And you can, you can, you can see one of the critical pieces of this is the community connection. And, uh, just listening to Buddy, you can see why he's such a phenomenal partner, right? He understands the vision. He understands, um, what, what his community needs. Obviously, you know, we're a big federal agency. We don't know, uh, uh, really what it's like on the ground in New Bedford, in the Cushnet, in the surrounding uh, cities and towns. And so having a partner on the ground will just make sure that 
we'll be able to provide the kind of training that people will need for what the economy is going to be and what it currently is. And that's what, I mean, New Bedford is, a, and the New Bedford area is just a phenomenal place. It's like the, the, the largest grossing um, fishing port in the, in the country. Um, and so all of the service uh, uh, manufacturing and support and service things that are needed for the fishing industry are there. As Buddy mentioned, uh, renewable energy. We know that uh, it, it, New Bedford's going to be a hub. You know, we've got the new port there. Um, we have all the new manufacturing possibilities in the port area. And um, so there's got to be, as, as, as President Biden says, when he thinks of climate, he thinks of jobs, 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 and um, jobs for the energy future. I know I love to, I know a lot of people say this, but I love to think of New Bedford when, um, you know, it's, it's, it's history of being the whaling city that where uh, whale oil brought light to the world, right? It was used all over the world. And that's what's happening now as we switch to offshore wind. It's, uh, again, New Bedford is going to be the hub of where uh, new clean energy is, uh, is brought to the world. So a super exciting time. And I, I want to reiterate, too, Buddy mentioned sometimes that today um, for an informational session, 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock at the New Bedford Public Library. But next week, there are additional ones. Yes. Wednesday, October 11th, and Thursday, October 12th, 10, 1, and 4.30 at the library also. So there are multiple ways that uh, folks can learn about uh, uh, what the opportunities are. And, and again, this is an informational session, so if you're not mm -hmm. sure, you just want to gather more information, right. find out, come, spend the hour, learn a little bit more, and then you can start on the path if it's something that you choose. We're doing, exactly. a, we're doing a PowerPoint uh, a presentation, uh, the, the, the Biola Cooper and uh, Lanny uh, Martin, who are running the, uh, the workshops and stuff, uh, they've been doing it all over the country, so they know what they're doing. Uh, the partnership is what's so important here. And, you know, and I have to, you know, really... Uh, you know, talk about you know the history a little bit. New Bedford Superfund site. How do we get here? Uh, um, you know, sitting at in this room right now with Evan Russo way back in the day and George Rogers, uh, other folks that were involved with getting uh, actually doing the work around it around the so-called uh, New Bedford Harbor Superfund site. Jim Simmons from the Hands Across the River, and these are uh, these individuals I'm talking about have passed on, but they're the ones. Uh, who were the uh, trailblazers that I worked with, uh, that I had partnered with, and got the energy from uh, Charlie Carmo, Edwin Rivera, who's also was the president of uh, Hands Across the River, uh, Eddie, Eddie, uh, Eddie Johnson, if you remember Eddie, uh, Gloria Williams from Youthville. These were the trailblazers that we, were, we worked as a team. And I'm one of the few guys left. Uh, Karen Valandry, who is the president of the Hands Across the River now, and the work that she continues to do to make sure that the harbor is being cleaned, and that uh, the residents aren't being affected by the by the uh, the work that's being done. The issues with the cad cells, uh, the the fishing, the the, the fishing issue, uh, with uh, people fishing on the dikes and eating that fish, taking it home and eating it, and the education around not eating the fish. So we, we've done this harbor project has been a major, major laboratory, if you want to call it, of education and, and understanding what remediation is all about. And, and Doctor, I'd like to emphasize um, that these jobs, when we talk about uh, remediation work or emergency response, this is Hurricane Katrina. The first mm -hmm. time that, that we got involved with this stuff actually was when we had the Beauregard Oilsville. Remember that? That was in 2000. Uh, uh, Jim Simmons, myself, and uh, uh, Ron Career with Eagle Safety. At that time, we trained over 250 people to, wow. be, to be part of the, uh, the uh, Burgard oil spill. Right here in New Bedford, uh, we got an award from the city council that I have in my office. 
school. So, and our guys and gals who got the certificates that time, Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Rita, the BP oil spill, the Michigan oil spill, uh, 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 projects in, uh, in, uh, in Puerto Rico. So you get a chance to travel. You get a chance to make some good money and see people and all that kind of stuff and learn. And, and I, uh, we have a gentleman, I can say his name, Alex Santos, who's still working for the company out, out of Dartmouth, but he's been to all these places I'm talking about, Niagara Falls and New Jersey, where we have all these chemical plants. So it's the response. You, if, if there's a major t- uh, a tornado somewhere, uh, a hurricane like we've been having, we can send folks that'll be trained through this program to go do that work. And 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 Dave, it shows too for the on the, on an EPA perspective, it's terrible that we got into the position where this kind of remediation has to happen, but the positive that can come out of it is the way that you're setting people up to have these careers and to make sure that these kind of things don't happen again in the future. Yeah, that's that's exactly like you could think of it as um that you know, we're making lemons, lemonade out of a lot of lemons, <laughs> right? And one of the ways that we're thinking about it is that particularly for communities like um, New Bedford that have been um, overburdened by communities, uh, by, by uh, pollution um, over time, over decades. It's a real opportunity to, um, to grab the positive parts of the, of the environmental um, kind of cleanup um, and green energy revolution, right? So that jobs are right here in New Bedford. Um, even if, as Buddy says, you send people out, but it gives them this opportunity to be a part of uh, the, the clean energy job boom in which <clears throat> they can, you know, put food on the table. They bring in a paycheck. That money stays in the New Bedford area. Um, yeah. And it's uh, just a critical part of uh, the kind of move toward um, righting some of the wrongs of the past of who's been overburdened by uh, environmental pollution and then making sure that they get the benefits uh, from that. I've often, I've often thought that in, in the in the clean energy space and the offshore wind, you know, it's going to be at these hubs of ports. And many of the ports in the Northeast um, are, on, are on hard times where there's higher unemployment than in other parts. If we don't make sure in the clean energy and the offshore wind revolution that, that we address um, employment and workforce development in those areas, uh, shame on us. We will have missed a big opportunity. And this is part of that. This is the building blocks for... Uh, for, the, for that kind of job growth. And I'd like to thank uh, Senator Markey for his support in, in getting getting this uh, program here. Now, what's also interesting is that this is the first time in New England and New Bedford was chosen to be that that uh, uh, that pioneer uh, city to go ahead and do this program here. And and I'm so happy that it's here. And Dr. Cash, you know, and you know how happy I am because we've talked Absolutely. about it. And yep. uh, and I want to thank uh, Christy and uh, everyone else, uh-huh. Javon and everyone else, and your your staff for helping us get through this process. And uh, and. You visited us uh, about a year ago in May, and you walked around the community, and, and we enjoyed you, your your company. We Great want you to there. come. We want you to come back. Uh, I will. And, no uh, question. Uh, possibly when we have our first graduation, uh, you know, you, you, you you'll come for our graduation. Uh, I, I, listen, this is this is God sent, and, and I, I am very very happy to know that it's here. Uh, after all this time, uh, uh, and, the, and the main fact is that it's here, and we're going to yeah. do something, and. The, I think it's 30 slots that we're talking about. That's 30 more people that's going to be in the employment pipeline mm-hmm. with yep. some serious skills because they'll have the yep. certificates in their pocket. Those certificates are like, like uh, credit cards mm. because they always last. Well, and, and I'm going to put in another important word as part of this, free, because when you think <laughs> about it, 
there's folks who want to be able to, to, to better their station in life, have a better career, and they know that these jobs are going to be the future, but then they look and they see, you know, mm. these colleges are charging whatever the tuition is to be able to do it. You're going to be able to get that same level of skill and training and not have to pay a dime. It's exactly. free. It's free. These, if you were doing it on your own, they're very costly. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah. timely, uh, and you have to travel to certain places to get them. The uh, um, Institution for Environmental Education and out of, out of, uh, Wilmington will be coming down here to New Bedford to provide the training. That's one of the contractors that we're, that we're working with. Uh, we have a CPR, our, our local guy, CPR stuff, first aid. So, free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. And, and with that, it can mean a big difference over the next 30 years of your life having a career uh, and, and having a strong family and community. Uh, about how long will the training take to complete for someone to be able to start the process and then be able to go out and, and look for work? They can be like from uh, three to, to six weeks, um, depending on the you know, course of study that, that you're choosing to do. See, m most of the courses could be three days. Like the OSHA 40 is a 40-hour course, so that's five days. Uh, the deletting may be like 24, 34, so just like three days. Uh, and the OSHA 10 is a one-day, a 10-hour or two-hour, two, five-hour days. Uh, but what we have uh, at the library, you'll have both um, a Victoria... Um, Ms. Cooper and Ms. Lanny, they will explain that to everyone how it works, what, what the commitments are, because it's a commitment. Mm -hmm. It's free, but it's a commitment mm -hmm. to be in this classroom, to do the due diligence of learning and understanding. For us at Old Bedford Village, we believe in the safety stuff. We're so adamant about safety. You can't do these kinds of jobs if you don't understand safety, and that means alcohol, marijuana, you know, th th those kinds of things that uh, distract people, and that's how we have injuries on site. That's why the training is so important. And all of these offshore wind companies, they're serious. When they say we're talking a uh, uh, serious training for safety, that's what they mean. And you need to be able to uh, really grasp what it means and how to uh, how to implement it on the work site with fellow workers so that nobody gets hurt. Everybody goes home. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So again, uh, today there is going to be uh, an informational session on the third floor of the New Bedford Public Library, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Then next week on Wednesday and Thursday, 10 a.m., 1 p.m., and 4.30 p.m. Uh, Dave, before we let you go, any final thoughts that you want to share with yeah, folks? Yeah, I, I just want to thank uh, Buddy and the other uh, leaders in New Bedford who really push this. These kind of programs just don't happen without... Uh, the community partnerships that we have. You know, we, we, we don't have the way to reach the community that Buddy does, and we don't have his vision and mission for what the communities want. And um, so if we can provide those skills so that we can collectively create the uh, clean energy uh, future and the clean future for uh, this community and beyond, uh, we're really excited to do that. So thank you, Buddy. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Dr. Cash. All right. Thank you both. And uh, we will get people out there. We'll get them all the information that they need. And then when they have those jobs, they can call in, you know, when they're not working and tell us how the program worked out for them. All right. Awesome. We, we do have Thank to take you, a break. Thank you so much. And we do have to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we will go to Ariel in the newsroom. We'll be right back. So as enticing as it was, Ariel, for you to hear all about those offshore wind jobs and all of these environmental jobs that are coming. I know it sounds good. It sounds like good money, but you only just started here. So don't be don't be deciding you're going to go take that training and, and leave us so soon. <laughs> don't worry about that. Okay. All right. Good. You know why I want? You know why I'm not going to get involved in the offshore wind industry? Why? I'm afraid of heights. 
And I know that my job would have to be going up and inspecting the the uh, actual windmills and the turbines themselves. So I'm going to just stay on the ground right here. <laughs> all right. Well, we are very happy to have Ariel Dorsey here. And right now she's going to be giving you all of the headlines of the day. Former President Trump is reportedly thinking of visiting House Republicans in Washington ahead of next week's speaker election. Some Republicans say they support Trump being the next speaker of the House following Kevin McCarthy's removal. Trump this week said he'll do whatever is best for the country, but added he's focused on his presidential campaign. The mayor of New York City is telling reporters in Mexico that there is no more room in New York. Eric Adams is on a four-day trip through Latin America to talk with officials about immigration issues. Over 100,000 migrants have arrived in New York City since spring of last year. On Thursday, Adam told reporters in Mexico, our hearts are endless, but our resources are not. UAW President Sean Fain is expected to address union members today on the status of negotiations with the big three automakers. Fain may may also announce more strike locations. Some progress has reportedly been made in contract talks with Stellantis and Ford Motor, Motor, Motor Company, with Ford making a significant offer that includes a large pay raise. Part of the U.S. are being told to watch out for dengue fever. The chief scientist with the World Health Organization said Thursday the mosquito-borne illness will take off this decade in Africa, southern Europe, and the southern U.S. as warmer temperatures create the conditions for the infection to spread. NF- NFL Hall of famer Dick Butkus has died at the age of 80. The Chicago Bears released a statement from the Butkus family that said he died peacefully in his sleep overnight in his Malibu home. The linebacker spent his entire career with the Bears after being drafted by the team in 1965 and was named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1979. And Prada is helping to design NASA's new astronaut moon suits. The high fashion company was chosen to work on the suits by Axiom Space, a private company that was awarded a NASA contract last year to modernize its astronaut suits. The Prada spacesuits will be worn on NASA's Artemis III mission in 2025, which will include the first female astronaut to land on the moon. In sports, the Patriots host the Saints on Sunday. The Bruins ended their preseason slate on a high note. Boston topped the New York Rangers 3-1 at Madison Square Garden. And Boston ends the preseason 2-2 and 2 and will begin the regular season on Wednesday when it hosts the Chicago Blackhawks at TD Garden. The NBA preseason is underway. Boston begins its exhibition schedule Sunday night when it plays host to the Philadelphia 76ers at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast. Today is cloudy this morning, then partly sunny with a slight chance of showers this afternoon. Patchy fog this morning. And tonight it'll be cloudy uh, with a 30% chance of showers, patchy fog after midnight, and lows around 60. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com.
in 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app or on the open line voicemail feature on the WBSM app. And Ariel just mentioned the passing of Dick Butkus. And, of course, the folks who have never heard of Dick Butkus are making all of the jokes about that's really somebody's name. But someone that I know uh, reached out to me and said, you're a football guy. What about Dick Butkus do, should I know about? And I was like, well, you know, he's one of the greatest players of all time. But he's also one of the most recognizable people post-playing career. Because not all the guys that played during his era were, first of all, they didn't make a lot of money. But they weren't able to translate their career into something bigger because people didn't really know who the players were behind the helmets back then. But Dick, Dick Butkus is one of those people that kind of superseded the game and was a personality outside of the game. And he became an actor. And in his role as an actor, he was pretty visible throughout the 80s and 90s. And uh, even as recently as, you know, like the the late 2010, uh, the, uh, yeah, the late early 2000s. But uh, for those of you who are like, well, what would I know him from if he was an actor? If you ever watched My Two Dads, that was probably his most significant acting role. He played the owner of the diner, Ed Klawicki, on My Two Dads. And he was always very funny. You, you know, he, he, they always made sure they gave him a couple of good one-liners uh, to crack on Paul Reiser and Greg Evigan. And, uh, but he was also on MacGyver. He was in movies like Necessary Roughness and The Last Boy Scout. He was in Gremlins too. Now, in a lot of these things, he played he played uh, Dick Butkus. He played himself. But he also, you know, was frequently hired to play a coach and other things. Uh, he was on the show Hang Time on NBC as a coach. Uh, so if you are, you know, if you grew up in the... If Saved by the Bell was just a little bit before your time, but you still liked watching that NBC Saturday afternoon lineup, you probably watched a lot of Hang Time. And so he was uh, he was coach Mike Kadowinski in that. It just He seemed to always have to play coaches and athletes and all that. But uh, again, somebody who superseded the game at a time when not a lot of people did so. So 508-996-0500. I think people will always just remember him for his name too, which he used to his advantage. You know, you remembered when you, when you saw him, you remembered. Although I always uh, ran into people that would confuse, and I didn't see it, but I guess other people see it. People would confuse Dick Butkus with Alex Karras. Oh, Dick Butkus. Yeah, he was great in Blazing Saddles. No, that was Alex Karras. Oh, he was really good when he was the uh, the dad on Webster. No, that was also Alex, Alex Karras. No, but I liked Alex Karras when he was on My Two Dads. No, no, that was Dick Butkus. So I don't know why people think that they're interchangeable, but anyway. 508-996-0500. Coming up in the next hour, New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Ward 6 Council Ryan Pereira will join us to talk about a number of issues uh, going on in the city. And, of course, that's our weekly check-in with the councilors. Uh, also, uh, don't forget, too, that we've we've heard from the caller who said they are organizing a a standout, I guess we'll say, a, a protest, whatever the, the terminology they want to use is, outside of the Seaport Inn tomorrow morning at 9 to stand out there in protest of the migrant families that are going to be moving in there or the, the unsheltered families as the town put it in a press release. Uh, but the town is still requesting that people can drop off things that those families will need at the fire department, at the fire station, 
uh, between nine and uh, nine and four, I think it was. I'll double check the times. But anyway, you can drop it off at the fire station seven days a week. Things like diapers, formula, um, things that babies would need, things that children would need because that's who is coming here, and they want to make sure that they have those kind of things available. So I would I would hope that if, even if you're coming down to to protest, even if you're coming down because you don't support them, again as I said, protest the policy, not the people. And if you want to, you know, bring something. Bring something that they could use. You know, you, you've heard um, Jessica Machado when she's been on telling you about how, you know, she's been going over to the hotel in Somerset and, and bringing things to the folks there that need them. Because, again, it's it's they didn't say, hey, let me circle Fairhaven, Massachusetts on a map and you can you can send me there. I think it'd be nice to stay at the Seaport Inn, have uh, have some Indian food at the new restaurant that just opened up and. You know, have a nice ocean view from my room. No, they they're just being put where they're where they're being told they're going to be put. So, uh, protest the policy, not the people. If that's the way that you feel about it, and I I think that you're and I'm seeing some rumblings about this. You're probably going to see some people who are in support of this showing up tomorrow morning outside the Seaport Inn. So just make sure that if you do that, you follow all the the proper procedures and rules and all of that. I'm sure the folks who are putting this together have alerted law enforcement to the fact that they're doing it. And keep in mind that you should be doing this on the public street, public sidewalk, not in the street. And you shouldn't be doing this on the Seaport Inn's property unless you get there and the Seaport Inn says, yeah, it's okay to stand on our property. But being in the parking lot, being in the front of the building, you know, off the sidewalk, don't do that because then you're just going to be trespassing and you don't want the story to become the way that you conducted yourself. And this goes for anybody that protests anything. You don't want it to, to become the way that you conducted yourself. You want it to be about the message that you were trying to convey. And I would, you know, from a, a reporting perspective, I would much rather be writing stories about here's what people got out and were were passionate about and, and use their, their right to protest about than to have to write a story about, you know, 10 people got arrested because they just couldn't behave themselves and trespass or, you know, had to make some knucklehead move that, that brought the police down there. So just be responsible about it. And um, again, it's the policy, not the people. Although from some of the calls that we're getting, a lot seem to have already convicted these folks of crimes that they haven't even committed. And I have no indication that they will commit. But anyway, if you are in support of them, I would like to see people show up that are in support as well of this program, of this policy, uh, and have both sides represented. 508-996-0500. Again, too, the King Richard's Fair meeting is happening at 8 a.m. One of the suggestions that I saw from someone in the, in the King Richard's Fair comments on, on their Facebook page when people were complaining about this, saying they drove all the way from like Brooklyn, New York, with tickets that they had pre-purchased for that day, had to select the day. When they got there, they're told, sorry, there's nowhere for you to park. And then when they say, well, where were we supposed to park? And they're like, well, you know, you got to get here when we first open or else you're not guaranteed a parking space. Like, wh how is that a solution? So this is one of the things that the, the town is going to be looking into, or the select board is going to be looking into. The comments under there, discussed, well, what about the possibility of opening on Fridays or Mondays and having more available days? 
And I just want to point out, because I know a lot of folks that are performers and, and, and um, you know, the villagers and the artisans, the craftspeople, the folks who are actually making up King Richard's Fair. Yes, there are people who work there kind of full-time during the season. People who are there fixing things and building things and repairing. But that's not... That's a very small portion of the people that make the fair happen. A majority of the people that make King Richard's Fair what it is, the people that you encounter as you're walking through Carver's here and you're meeting all these people, it's those people are just doing this on the weekends. They've got full-time jobs. They've got families. They don't have other days that they could be out there doing this. It's a formula that has worked for, what, 42 years now? If you're not familiar with the story of King Richard's Fair and George Shapiro, like who, who was behind all of this? This was created, this, this fair was created by the guy who was Elvis Presley's tour manager, I believe, was his title. But he was the guy at the end of every show that said, ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. And he wanted to build a Renaissance fair, and he did, in the woods of Carver, Massachusetts. And for 42 years now, it's been a huge success. But... With changes in the way that it operates, there's going to be some some problems. So I'm interested in seeing exactly what the select board... See, I'm not... I don't want to watch this meeting later just to see what the responses are from King Richard's Fair. I want to see what the questions are that the five people of the Carver Select Board are asking King Richard's Fair because this is actually going to be a template, I think, that other communities might use for some other... I mean, certainly Carver with Edaville, although... Um, I didn't hear much of issues about issues last year with Edaville. It seems like they've worked out some of the kinks that they had with things as they came back from the pandemic. Uh, and then WaterWiz this year in Wareham having issues. So, I mean, this could be the template for how towns handle some of this going forward. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break and be back in a few moments. <laughs> In 508-996-0500. I was on Facebook and I was going through some of the photos of the work that Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford has done lately. Some of the projects that they've completed and some of it, you can see some of their handiwork without even realizing that that's what you're looking at. But you say, and you look at the building and you say, oh, that looks so much better. What, what about it? I, I'm not, I can't put my finger on it. It's the new windows. Trust me. It's the new windows. And uh, when you look at some of those photos, you say to yourself, what a difference it makes. I'm talking about like Our Lady of Purgatory Church on Cushion Avenue in New Bedford. Uh, I'm talking about the work that they did uh, for Northeast Building. Uh, I'm sorry, in, um, in a building that's um, in New Bedford. Uh, that is, I'm trying to look and see one of the addresses. Well, I don't want to give away somebody's private address on the radio. But one of the coolest things that I saw from the work that they did was a log cabin in a cushionet where they redid the kitchen. And they found a way to make it look like this brand new kitchen fits the aesthetic of that log cabin. And that's not an easy thing to do. 
And a lot of contractors are going to come in and they're going to say, well, we want to, we, we think that the, this is what you should use. And they're kind of pushing for you to work with who they work with. And all. But Precision doesn't do that. They took the time to say, what, well, what's the look that you want to have with this? How should we do it? They researched who could provide them with that. And they were able to locate the perfect fixtures and build the perfect things to put into this kitchen. And you can see the photos of it for yourself on the Precision Window and Kitchen Facebook page. Go check it out. You'll look at that and you'll say, okay, first of all, A, I want to live in a log cabin, but B, Precision Window and Kitchen gets it. They're not trying to build you or sell you what it is that they want you to have. They're making the home that you live in look the way that you envision it looking. And that's what makes them different than everybody else. It's the personal connection that they make with you to make sure that you are getting exactly what you want because it's your home. You're going to have to live in it every single day, maybe for the rest of your life. So why not have it the way that you want it, the way you want it to be, not the way they want it to be. And that's the level of service and commitment that they will give you. Stop by and talk to them at 1111 at Avenue. You can see some of the products and the materials that they use. Or you can go and visit them online at precisionwindowandkitchen.com and you can set up an appointment for them to come down and give you a free estimate on whether it be a kitchen or bath remodel, new windows, new entryway doors, vinyl siding, a new roof, all kinds of projects that they can do. Head on over to the Facebook page, too, and take a look at some of those projects and see the comments and the reactions from people and the folks who will tell you how much they love their new kitchen, their new roof, their new windows, because they went to Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. 508-996-0500. That is our number if you want to call in and chime in. One other thing I want to mention very quickly, too, uh, this morning, the we've been talking about it all week long. The renovations are complete. At Just Another Phoenix Restaurant in North Dartmouth. They are reopened this morning. And you can head on over there and have yourself some delicious breakfast. They're going to be open all weekend. But they uh, got the project done that they were working on. And just in time to be able to have some of their great weekend specials. So you can head on over there and get that taste of fall. Because that's what they're doing. They're putting out fall flavors on their menu. But uh, they will be back open this morning. And you can go over there and get yourself a delicious breakfast. I think I might, I don't know, I don't have to get up early tomorrow for the first time in weeks, but I think I might have to get up early tomorrow and head on over to Just Another Phoenix. The great thing is, you know, you can get breakfast till 2 o'clock over there, so maybe I don't have to get up super early, but I also want to make sure I can get some of those delicious fall specials before they're gone. So uh, maybe you'll see me over there tomorrow morning. I was up late last night writing the King Richard's Fair story when I got home from bowling. I definitely need a nap. Booked myself a movie ticket to go see the new Exorcist film later on today. I don't know what I'm doing at this point. When it gets to October, I'm just a blur of activity and I don't even think. I don't even stop to think. Made a haircut appointment. Did this, did that. I'm like, okay, just, just go, 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 go. We'll worry about catching up with sleep and everything else come November. All right, I got to take my final break of the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. <laughs>
Welcome back in. We have about two minutes left before we're going to go into the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll be talking with uh, the um, city councilors. We'll be talking with New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Ward 6 Councilor Ryan Pereira. The question had come up about in app chat about the job training that's going to be happening, the Superfund Job Training Initiative, about how to sign up for that. The, the answer to that, the easy answer to that question is you go to the informational session. That's where you get all the information. So in order to take part in the program, you have to go to the informational session. And that's happening today at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. on the third floor of the New Bedford Public Library. It's a 60-minute informational session, so you go and learn about it and you can sign up for everything there. If you can't make it today... Then they're having sessions again on Wednesday and Thursday of next week, 10 a.m., 1 p.m., and 4.30 p.m. each day. So three different chances each day, Wednesday and Thursday, and then two chances today if you can make it out there. If you want to find out more about it, epa.gov. Just go there and type in New Bedford, and you can sign up for it. They do have a registration link there. Um, for an Eventbrite registration page where you can register to go and take part of these. But as, as Buddy said earlier, just show up. 